Welcome to the Fairway Performance Podcast. My aim for this podcast is to have conversations or to record solo episodes like the one I'm doing today to help you improve your golf, your fitness, and your health. And I'm your host, Sean Dykoff. And I firstly want to start by apologizing for missing last week's podcast. And I have a very good reason, and I hope you all forgive me uh, for those regular listeners out there. But I, uh, as some of you may know, I, I own a gym, uh, which is called Accelerate Strength in Sydney, uh, here in Australia, and uh, I've recently, uh, with my business partner, just sold the gym. And uh, the last couple of weeks has been quite uh, intense in terms of um, handing over the gym to the new owner and getting everything sorted from running this gym for nine years and all the clients and, and people that are involved in the gym and, and handing everything over to, to this new owner. So uh, it's been a little bit of a stressful time uh, with with certain things like needing to line up um, but also a time uh, like a super exciting time because now it's going to allow me to focus all of my attention on uh, fairway performance. Uh, so this podcast, uh, the fitness app, um, all of the things around uh, fairway performance and helping golfers all around the world because um, a lot of you are listening from the US, uh, yeah, helping you guys a lot more with um, with all the things golf fitness related. So uh, I just wanted to quickly uh, say uh, that's the the reason I, I literally have never missed a week with the podcast that we did for the gym, and this is the first week, uh, as in last week was the first week that I've missed with this one in the the first forty five or so weeks. I can't even remember what episode it's up to now, but um, the first one I've missed, and I'm vowing from from now moving forwards to not miss another week uh, for at least another year. Um, because I've obviously got the time uh, in order to to do this podcast. So uh, thanks for understanding uh, in advance. Um, The next thing, so in case uh, you haven't heard from uh, one of the previous episodes I've done, uh, the Fairway Performance Training app is now live on the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store. So you can head straight on over there and you can download it for free uh, and then obviously sign up to the seven-day free trial by just uh, setting up a little profile for yourself. Um, super easy to do. You can jump on. You can check out all the things in the app. You can do the mobility self-assessments. You can go into the um, the different mobility uh, plans in order to fix certain swing faults like over the top and flat shoulder plane and all those different ones that you might know about or, or might not know about that you are currently doing. Uh, and then you can also go into the different strength and conditioning programs. And obviously now that I have a lot more time on my hands and in order to work on this business solely, um, I would love any suggestions, ideas, comments, um, any of that sort of stuff. Uh, if you could throw it my way, you can uh, send it to Sean, S-H-A-U-N, at fairwayperformance.com. Uh, or if you follow me on Instagram, you can also uh, share it with me in the DMs on there. Um, but I'd love to get as much feedback as possible so I can continue to develop the app and, and make it better and better um, and build the community further from what, I, what it already has become. So um, thank you in advance for doing that. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you jump on there and uh, and, and trialing out the app and, and giving it a go. Uh, so cool, today's episode, uh, sorry for the, the big lead in today, but had a few things to say there. Uh, the topic of today's episode is a coordination screening for power. Now, the, the reason or, or like what is coordination screening for power? Essentially, it's breaking down three main centers of the body or three main areas in which can contribute to a lot of power in a golf swing. And working out essentially which is the weakest link. Like if we've got a chain with three links in it and one of those links is weak, uh, obviously that's going to be the the part that breaks down or or releases first and, uh, you know, robs us of power. 
So what are those three areas? So firstly, we've got core or core length. Uh, we've got shoulders and then we've got wrists. So if we're to think about the, the body in three areas, that's the three areas in which we can create the most leverage or torque or um, shaft angle or lag or all these different terms that you might hear. Um, but essentially, these are the three main centers for the body to, to develop power in the golf swing. So uh, core and, and core length. So how do we work out what uh, or whether core length or core power or you know core ability is the, the issue for you? And firstly... The reason I'm starting with this one is it has the so the core has the most mass. So essentially, if we think um, just below your hips to just above your belly button or just under your rib cage, like that's your core, and that's going to have the most mass. Uh, so it's going to be the one that has the biggest influence on creating a lot of power in golfers. And you'll understand why I um, or why that is the case when uh, I go a little bit further. But essentially. The way that we can see if the core or the um, you know the, the middle center of the body is causing a power leak or causing you to not develop much power, uh, we can do it in. Uh, this is my favorite way: is to look at someone and if they're moving their trunk and their pelvis this at the same time as they go through the golf swing. So, if you were to film yourself uh, from not behind looking down the the line of ball flight but you have to film yourself from the front so you can see your belt buckle Uh, so if we're looking at that angle and we watch your swing if your trunk and your pelvis or trunk and hips are moving the same so they're moving back into the backswing the same and then they're moving down uh, through the downswing and, and the follow through the same then this means that there's no dissociation in the hips so we're not using the core or we're not uh, maximizing loading of the core in order to create much power for the golf swing. So uh, why is that the case and how do we sort of find out whether that's an issue for you? Now, in the level one TPI screening, what you can do is a little test uh, called the pelvic rotation test and it's essentially just looking at whether you can move the hips uh, in isolation from the upper body and then if we can keep the lower body still and move the torso in isolation of the lower body. And this is called dissociation. And one of the findings from, uh, I believe it's like hundreds of thousands of uh, TPI screenings now that they, the TPI Institute have done. Uh, and they've found that the lower handicappers, so the elite amateurs, the scratch markers to five or even up to maybe 10 handicappers and all the way down to tour professionals, they all have the ability to move their hips uh, completely separate to their upper body, so dissociating the, the hips from the upper body moving together. So this is a really important skill if you want to generate club head speed because if we have, uh, and, and you might hear this referred to in someone like Rory McIlroy as the X-factor stretch, so you'll see him reach the top of the backswing and then his hips will turn towards the target and then he'll, uh, you know, then the then the downswing will commence. And that's just stretching uh, like fascia, muscles, like all sorts of stuff is stretching across the body in order to give us an elastic effect and to really whip around and create a lot of speed. So if we don't do that, then we don't generate as much power and, you know, a lot of other things can happen from that. But essentially what we're talking about here is developing power And if we don't do that, then we're robbing ourselves of potentially creating power and it's due to a coordination thing or maybe the body just cannot move in that way because you've never done it before. So you need to teach your body to move that way 
you know, maybe outside of the golf swing, just through training, and then you can actually go and implement that in your golf swing while you're while you're swinging the golf club. So uh, the other way, so some people might be able to do it, uh, and and this is where it's like breaking down the coordination element a little bit more. Some people might be able to do it in the TPI screening, and they might be able to dissociate there. But then when we take them into like more of a real life example, so we take them to the top of their backswing, whether they're holding a club or not, doesn't matter. Um, but they just turn their hips, they turn their um, torso and their shoulders as if they're going to the top of their backswing. And then once they're there, we get them to try and turn their hips towards the target. And that's really seeing once they're in a sort of like a loaded or loaded backswing position, I guess you'd call it. Uh, if they can then turn their hips towards the target, then they've got the ability to do that. So they've got the co- uh, they've yeah, I shouldn't say coordination. They've got the ability to do it, um, but whether they can coordinate that during their golf swing obviously is a different story. And uh, if someone was in that position, uh, then it would be more like practicing elements of the swing and practicing the um, whatever it might be, the cue or the, the coaching tip or whatever it might be that the swing coach works with. Uh, but if you aren't unable to do either the dissociation or um, the the harder one, which is turning into the full backswing and then doing the rotation of the hips forward to the target, if you're unable to do either one or both of or um, you know what whichever one it is, then it means that you need to develop the ability to do that with your body, and that is done through gym work or through stretching and mobility and, and different um, mobility plans, um, which you know obviously I can help with. But the um, the key thing there is we're just testing whether someone has the coordination and the ability to do that because if you can't, then you shouldn't be trying to do it in your golf swing and practicing it because you're just going to be bashing your head against the wall and make no progress and, and be very disappointed. So uh, the first one, core length and, and core uh, coordination, so whether we can use that to develop power. The next one is shoulders. So the way that we load our shoulders in the golf swing is... Uh, through the downswing. So essentially, if you think about uh, if you think about the golf swing, as you reach the top of your backswing, uh, your arm is across your chest. Essentially, if we're thinking about loading the shoulders, the way in which we do that is we try and. If you were to imagine that you reached the top of your backswing, you kept your arms in that exact same position, your hips started turning towards the target, and then your chest also started turning towards the target you would feel like a stretch or what we call a loading of the shoulders there. So that's creating the stretch reflex and the elastic um, reflex that we're talking or I was talking about earlier um, to generate more, more power. So one way that we would test that and make sure that someone has the ability to do that is if you were standing there as a right-handed golfer, you would put your left, ha- left arm straight out in front of you um, so that the, your thumb is the same height as your shoulder. So arm straight out in front, thumb is the same height as your shoulder, and you can have your arm flat or, or thumb pointing up to the sky, however you like. Uh, and when you're in this position, you're trying to, if you're wearing a polo shirt, you're trying to turn the buttons of your shirt towards your bicep without moving other parts of your body. So without like turning your head in order to like try and turn your your torso and your um, buttons towards the the bi- or towards your bicep. So you you want to just be able to move your chest uh, or your so I'm getting getting all uh, muddled up here. You want to be able to turn your uh, buttons of your shirt, which is the center of your chest, towards your bicep without having to utilize other parts of the body in order to help that. So, and that that movement in of itself is how we load the shoulders and how your body starts to move 
when you are completing the golf swing to load the shoulders. So if we can test that coordination there, and if you have that, then amazing. Like you have the ability to load the shoulders and we can actually you know, try and do that during the golf swing. Uh, and we don't need to do the other side because it's mainly the, the left arm uh, for a right-handed golfer or a right arm for a left-handed golfer because you're loading into that uh, that we need to test in order to see if we can load the shoulders. Uh, and then the last one, which um, I actually know the least amount of information about this one. Uh, this one is a super, super, I find it's a super complex topic and there's lots of different you know schools of thought about this, but essentially when we're loading the wrist, a lot of people think that when we're loading the wrist, we're trying to, uh, so we've reached the top of our backswing, as we come into a downswing, a lot of people think that they're trying to keep their wrist angle exactly the same the whole way through. Uh, if you're doing that, then it's it's not creating much lag or we're not loading the wrist because lag or loading of the wrist essentially is the wrist falling behind. And if the wrists are falling behind, then we're changing the angle of the wrist as we go through the swing. So if you're someone who is of a school of thought of keeping your wrist in the same angle, then the wrist could be a, a part of your swing which is leaking power for you because uh, we're not increasing the angle and increasing the stretch across that uh, joint, uh, which essentially is what we're looking at with the other ones, like increasing the X-factor stretch in the core um, and increasing the stretch across the shoulder and, and the same with the wrist. That's, that's in order to create lag, we're doing that with the wrist. So uh, hopefully that one made sense. It's a very hard one to explain um, you know, via audio. Uh, it's one which really has to be done via video and, and a, a video um, element to it. So uh, what we've done is, so uh, what I've done, I've just broken down the three main power centers of the body, so the core, the shoulders, and the wrists, and given you some examples of like how that looks and how the coordination works, that sort of thing. So hopefully all of that stuff makes sense so far. The, the last thing I want to talk about with these is uh, how do we improve each of these areas? So uh, if we can't do these things or we don't have the ability to do these, like how do we... Um, how do we improve them? So essentially, if we're looking at the core, uh, essentially we want to improve our ability to dissociate or to actually make our body be able to dissociate. And so the way we would do that is through all sorts of hip internal and external rotation, strength work and stability. So that could look like simple 90-90 stretches or hip rotations. Uh, it can be stalk turns. It can be lunges. So lunges are creating an element of stability and strength because we're stopping our knee from internal and external rotation at the same time. So we're building muscles on both sides to stabilize the knee because it's a unilateral exercise. Uh, dumbbell split squats are another very similar example to the lunges. Uh, and then also squats and stuff as well because still during squats, even if it's a, a barbell back squat or front squat or overhead squat, whatever it might be, um, there's still elements of stopping internal and external rotation there and keeping the knees you know, on plane over our toes while we do the squat. Um, so we're going to get some element of uh, building stability and internal and external rotation. Maybe not as good as a lunge, etc., but um, could be the best starting point for some people depending on you know their training age and, and history and stuff like that. So that is that's how we're going to improve dissociation is by doing a whole bunch of these different exercises and improving internal and external rotation of the hips uh, and some awareness around that uh, and some 
essentially what I call greasing the groove. So greasing the groove, um, or essentially you can call it myelination uh, for uh, something that's a, a little bit more of a technical term. Uh, so myelination is essentially, uh, in layman's terms, uh, the way that you increase the connection speed of your brain to your muscles and, and movement uh, from an old you know, dial-up connection, which we all might remember, to one that's a uh, you know, like an ADSL or a broadband or something like that today, which is a super fast internet connection. And the more we do movements or practice movements, obviously the the myelin sheath, which is a sheath over the nerves, which connects to uh, the different parts of the body, uh, that strengthens uh, just like a muscle would and gets better at communicating the signal. And we can repeat that movement over and over or actually perform that movement if we weren't able to do that before. So uh, that's essentially what we're trying to do with a, a whole lot of this stuff. Uh, the next thing, so how do we improve uh, shoulder uh, or ability to load the shoulder? So uh, there's a bit that goes into it because the shoulder is uh, the shoulder is a joint that can move the with the most like rotation and, and has the most movement in the body because it can move around, you know, not 360 degrees, but it can move around a lot more than any other joint. If you think about other ball and socket joints in the body, uh, you've got your hips and you've got your ankles and the shoulders are the ones which can move the most. Um, because we just need them to. So with the shoulders, the way that we uh, can increase our ability to uh, create power in them or create some uh, you know, stretch reflex across them is by doing things like the pal-off press or cable rotations. So we're, we're, we're actually loading the shoulder with straight arms and like doing some sort of rotation work or pal-off presses or anti-rotation work. So that's strengthening there. Um, the other way is to do uh, things like um, bench press and T push-ups. So bench press is building the ability to adduct the shoulders, so to contract the chest. Yeah, or bring if we if we were to put our hands together straight out in front of us and and clap our hands together and push them together hard, that's shoulder adduction. So that's our chest pulling us towards um, towards the bicep on each side. So that obviously you can imagine is going to help if you were to hold your arm out straight like I got you to do before and then you had to turn your chest towards the, or your, your shirt buttons towards your shoulder or bicep. Um, that's going to help with that. Uh, and then obviously T push-ups as well. So doing a push-up, keeping one hand planted on the ground and then rotating up to the sky. Um, that's just creating a bit of length and, and obviously building shoulder adduction and chest strength and other bits and pieces. So... Uh, there's plenty of different movements there that we can do in order to, uh, one, build the ability to perform the movement in the first place, um, but then two, to strengthen it through a, a large range of motion. Uh, and then the last one is the wrist. So the wrist is a, a hard one to do, but I generally find with this, uh, by working on grip strength, so by you know doing movements like deadlifts or dumbbell split squats or bicep curls or shoulder presses or all these things uh, our wrists are uh, going through all of these different ranges of motion particularly if we're using a barbell uh, and and definitely also if we're using a, um, a set of dumbbells or kettlebells because in with a barbell especially our wrists have to change uh, change the angles as they're pressing through the movement because the barbell remains stationary with a a kettlebell or with dumbbells we can uh, obviously maneuver them around a little more to take away stress from the wrist but uh, I would definitely suggest that uh, in your training you do an element of all of these different things so have a barbell in there have dumbbells have kettlebells uh, just so that your wrists do go through 
a, a varying uh, array of angle changes uh, for sp- for different movements or specific exercises. So, um, you know, for four or eight weeks, you might do barbell bench press and it loads the wrist a certain way. Uh, then you might do some incline bench press and you might do it with dumbbells. Um, and then you might change to shoulder press um, with a kettlebell and then your wrist is in a dif- different angle. So we're just exposing the wrist to different angles and, and planes and, and whatnot so that they're being strengthened through all of those and not just isolated in one particular one. Uh, for some people, this might cause wrist pain and obviously for that, you've got to uh, work out what does and doesn't cause it and, and stick with the ones that don't cause it build up a bit of strength and then slowly filter in the work which does um, start bringing back slight discomfort or um, very, very small amounts of pain so that you can get through that and build to, to not needing to um, you know, supplement that all the time. Um, so you can do all the movements and then you can choose whether to do them or not in future training. Um, but we eventually want to, with the wrist, just just put them through all those varying degrees of, of range of motion so that we've got strength through all of them um, and then the grip strength element, uh, just by holding onto the weights or holding onto the heavy barbell or holding onto the heavy dumbbells or whatever the implement might be, uh, we're always strengthening our forearms and our grip strength because we're holding onto those weights for an extended time period. So that most of the time it's doing isometric holds because we're gripping, um, but that's essentially what we need to do with a golf club because we're gripping it and then we're holding that same uh, tension of grip the whole way through our swing or Uh, It might be increasing as we reach impact, but um, at least we've got the ability to really grip hard onto the golf club. So uh, hopefully uh, I didn't waffle on too long at the end there, but um, what we've done is we've broken down the three main power centers of the body. Uh, We've talked about um, each of those sort of at length and and what each of them can do to develop power in the golf swing. So core, shoulders, and wrists. Uh, And then we've also talked about some exercises which can help with each of those areas to either one, develop the mobility or requisite strength in those areas, um, or just bring some awareness to the movement um, or building grip strength or whatever it is. So hopefully uh, that's just given you a little bit of a framework. Um, If you want to learn more about this, then you can start a conversation with me, either sean at uh, fairwayperformance.com or you can message me on Instagram, but I'm always happy to chat about this stuff. I have a lot more time to chat about this sort of stuff now because I'm not running a gym and a golf fitness business. Uh, it's just the golf fitness business. So as of next Tuesday, the, the 1st of August, it'll literally just be uh, the golf fitness business that I'm running moving forwards. Um, so yeah, feel free to, to reach out and have a conversation and uh, maybe I can run through a level one screening or a power screening like I'm talking about now and just work out where the power leaks are in your golf swing and, and we can go from there to develop a plan to help you um, you know, develop more power in your golf swing without actually having to go and buy a new driver or do a massive amount of work in the gym. It could literally just be finding out where these leaks are, working on them, going to your swing coach and identifying it with them. Uh, and then yeah seeing a lot more power in your swing so anyway until next week guys thanks for listening appreciate your support and uh, i'll talk to you guys all next week